Radio. Hey, everybody. Everybody? Everybody? What's that? (laughs) I don't know. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to another Svelte Radio episode. I'm not going to do a retake of that because that was funny. Uh, I'm joined by Brittany. Hello, Brittany. Hi. Hey, and we have another guest today, Sam. Hello. Hey, Kev. How's it going? Hey, hey. It's going great. What about you? Are you are you excited? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm nervous, of course. This is the big oh, leagues. Don't be. No. Oh, nervous. Come on. <laughs> You're this among is just a folks That's chatting true. is how you should should look at this. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like I'm among friends. All right. That's good. That's good. All right. Brittany, what's new since last week? What have you been up to? Uh, not much. Just still fighting with Tailwind and Rails and Svelte and all the things. Yeah. Yeah. All the fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, that sounds. That sounds like some it's some exciting stuff. It is. It oh, is. Oh, that's a that's one way experience. of putting it. I mean, I, everything yeah. is learning. Like every day, I learn something new. So it's yeah. it's interesting. I did. Learn I mean, something. at the end of this, you will be an expert on this. What did I learn about line height the other day? I learned that you shouldn't use rims and M's for line height which I did not know because they can inherit funny, um, ah. unexpectedly inherit in different ways than you expect them to. Um, so you should either use pixels or percentages or um, the like non-percentage values yeah. because then they do what you expect them to because rims go from the root value of the font size and M's go from the parent value. So it might do an unexpected thing if you use Mm -hmm. rims or M's for line height. Mm -hmm. Right. So I I learned something new every day. Yeah. Today I learned as well then. I mean, I I (laughs) had no idea. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so uh, what have I been doing this this last week? I've I've been rebuilding the Svelte Summit website. It's starting to become a dynamic website now. So oh. I'm going to start adding all of the old conferences back to the page. Oh, sweet. Which is exciting. Um, yeah. Almost Are you done. using something as the back end for that? Yeah, just, just pocket base for now. Um, it's not um, very complicated. Kev, Kev, we talked about the Svelte Summit uh, website last month or two months ago. And yep. um, you planted a seed for me, um, mm-hmm. and uh, for my, I just rewrote my like Svelte Kit tutorial, and I used the Svelte Summit website as the inspiration for that. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like oh, making yeah. a clone of the Svelte Summit website. Hmm. I mean, then, yeah, we then, saw then, that then, on Coding Kit. Then it's going to be a. Uh, uh, outdated then (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's not exactly the same but i was like i really like the svelte summit website it's nice it's playful it like it's you know it does what it needs to do and so it was perfect for uh doing it really is quite it really is quite a basic website right it's it's i think it would be straight up just amazing if you just live streamed this so people could see how like this stuff works Mm -hmm. and then oh like rebuilding the the summit yeah, yeah. The, the thing is with like doing streams for that is that you kind of have to set it it all becomes a, a bit of a chore like every time you want to work oh, on it you have to like oh it's time to set up some recording equipment i'm gonna get yeah. my microphone i'm gonna do this and that and this and uh, oh you just have to have all that stuff set up 
ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just hit play. But now, you have to have it ready. Like, like, like I told you uh, last week, I think it was last week, I, I've switched my setup. So now it's all yeah. like kind my of mobile phone. and pretty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's been working great. Like the, I, I still, I'm still amazed by the, the quality of the iPhone camera as a webcam. Yeah. It's actually almost as good as the, uh, the DSLR and without the green flashing that I've always had issues with. Yeah. Anyway, that's okay. a lot of a lot of talking about this Felt Summit website and, and my recording setup for some reason, but <laughs> let's let's get into to the actual show. Sam, why are you here? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> who are you and why are you here? Yeah. Things you say to a burglar in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, so I mean, for the purposes of this interview, I uh, am a technical writer at Prismic, and I um, work on our Svelte integration. So I do some kind of like I have some sort of DevRel capacity. Um, more generally, uh, I am like a Svelte enthusiast. I um, have done a few small projects with Svelte myself, um, and uh, yeah, I think that covers it. Yeah, what's your background like? Do you, have you always used Svelte? Since you were um, born, or did you? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I was doing the 1.0 back in the early 90s. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> my background is actually in journalism. Uh, I was uh, I did some like feature writing for the newspaper, and then I ran a, like a website for a magazine for many years, doing writing and content management using WordPress. And I hear this from so many people who wind up working with headless CMS is that like they started in WordPress and they just found it so frustrating that they were like, they decided to dedicate their whole lives to never having to use WordPress again. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened to me. Uh, in 2019, 2020, I decided to do a career change. Um, I was living in France at the time. So I moved to Paris to go to a, to do a coding boot camp. got to Paris March 1st, 2020. Um, yeah. My wife got COVID uh, March 12th. I got COVID March 13th and the country went into yeah, lockdown say, March 14th. That was like yeah. right at the start of the COVID pandemic, right? Yeah. That was, when it was um, really bad. Yeah, that was intense. That was when we had no idea what was going on. And my program, my coding bootcamp was supposed to start March 21st. And like March 15th, I'm emailing them like, what is your plan? Like, are we still coming to campus? <laughs> and I'm like annoyed that they don't know what what's going on. Yeah. Um, which just go, you know, tells you. But uh, I did the bootcamp online. Anyway, I mentioned all of this because it was actually in the context of doing that bootcamp where I was learning the MERN stack and, and getting familiar with React, which was okay, but... Let's be honest, not that much better than WordPress. Um, and there was an article in <laughs> there's an article in Wired about Svelte with where they interviewed Rich. And um, I read that article and I was like, this is what I want. It's like ergonomic, it's designed to be really, really fast. It's just so common sense, it's so practical. So I did I used React in the bootcamp, but then um, my first goal after finishing the bootcamp, uh, this was like May 2020 was um, to learn Svelte. And then um, by happy coincidence, I wound up finding a position at Prismic, which is uh, headquartered in Paris, just a few blocks away from where I was living at the time. And in the interview, um, I told them I wanted to be working on Svelte. And they said to me, look, we need to do a Svelte integration so you can be our Svelte guy. So I joined the oh, team cool. as kind of like an entry-level nice. technical writer. But um, 
my first month there, actually, everyone was on vacation because, as you know, the French go on vacation for all of July and August. So I was alone yeah. without a babysitter. <laughs> and um, my first uh, month on the Welcome job. to Europe. <laughs> I love it. My first month on the job was literally just learning all of the frameworks that were popular at the time. So I like, you know, did some more React, Vue, Next, Nuxt, Gatsby, and a little bit of Svelte. And then over the course of the next, I mean, that was a little more than three years ago. So since then, I've been working on our Svelte documentation and then our, for the first iteration of our Svelte library, second iteration of our Svelte library. And then um, now most recently, our we have this low-level Svelte integration called uh, with our developer tool called Slice Machine. So now we have uh, this very full-featured integration with Svelte, um, which I'm thrilled about because it means that I get to do all my demos and uh, podcasts like this in the yeah. Svelte world, which is awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Now you get to use what you love. Exactly. Yeah. And I heard yeah. your unpopular opinion in there. You got it in early. Which one was that? <laughs> that uh, React is just marginally better than WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I never actually did any PHP, so that is a totally unqualified opinion. <laughs> yeah. And by sounds like sounds pretty qualified to me. I did as much PHP as like, if you've ever had the experience of like going, like using the WordPress UI to like go into your PHP files and you're like, yeah. how do I change that icon? And you like manually change it. So yeah. when I was first starting to learn like HTML, CSS and JavaScript, I felt like I was getting the hang of like looking at those files and editing just some just basic source code. And then mm -hmm. I looked at like WordPress source code. <laughs> what the crap is this nonsense? Like I had yeah. no understanding of that. Like it's so yeah. different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. PHP is, totally. is, a, is a beast. Like it's, 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 I was going to say the same thing, a beast. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely different. And the syntax is just like spaghetti for me. Ugly. Like I, yes, yeah. yes. It's honestly, it, it kind of, and this, I think this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I kind of get PHP vibes from Rust just because oh, it's just also very, now. very, very <laughs> like there, there's a lot of like characters in there and they, they, you have to like try to read it's it all. Verbose. And, uh, verbose. That's the word. Yeah. 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 It's very verbose. Yeah. Same with PHP. Also pretty verbose. I'm sure we'll get right, some yeah. Rust warriors in the, in the <laughs> comments. I think <laughs> like, they that's like how it you... because Strongly typed or something is yeah. the, no, the Rust is great case in that for way. Rust. Yeah, yeah. That's how you get viewers, listeners, is with the uh, stirring, stirring up with the controversial takes. But actually, my true. wife is doing a, an MFA right now in jewelry. That's why Brittany knows I just moved to Italy uh, so that she could do Wait, it. My so wife could do this program. MFA? A master's of fine arts. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, she's becoming a master of jewelry. She's um, a, what is it? A multi fighter. What's that? MFA fighter? There's an MFA like MMA? fighter thing. MMA. Oh, M I, MMA. I was thinking, of, <laughs> I was thinking she's that. I'm going to tell her. Everyone thinks that you're a mixed martial arts fighter now. Mixed you're UFC. Yeah. I, I mixed um, that up. But so as part of the program, they're doing a web development course. And it's like the assignment is like you have to make a website with uh, like WordPress.com or Squarespace or something. But in the introductory classes, they're, they're teaching them HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and PHP. 
And when she told me she was learning oh, PHP, I just couldn't stop laughing. I was like, <laughs> like, you're going to start a small business. And the first thing you're going to do is build yourself a website with PHP. Like that's, that may, honestly, that, that's kind of surprising. You would learn yeah. web development in, in I don't art know story. why that, you would do that. <laughs> well, you need, as a jeweler, you need a website, but yeah, but why I told PHP? her you don't need, you don't need PHP to make a website. No, right. you can do so much with just the HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. You yeah. don't even just you, HTML and CSS. Yeah, but I, I totally. mean, like, and yeah, like just that. But then, if you need like the interactivity, you can just use the JavaScript. They don't need the PHP. They're just making it more complicated. I'm so angry yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you find when you leave. You're like your perfect bubble. svelte bubble and go out into the wider web development world and you're like what tools are you using jquery oh, what well, willow um ghost dev in the svelte community is going to university right now and they're teaching like html is it four what's the one we're using html5 right now and yeah. they're using yeah. the previous version of html Whoa. in her university yeah. class applying <laughs> You know, it takes time to update these course materials. Can't expect them to, to be up to date. <laughs> because you can't get it for free online. No, no, I think that's impossible. They have to do some like, uh, what's it called when the government takes in a different kinds of offers from different companies? And oh yeah, an RFP or whatever. They're still yeah, using I, like I, Blink or whatever. Mar what, what is it, Marquee? Is that the HTML? <laughs> oh yes. yeah, 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 the Marquee tag. That's a pretty cool HTML element though. It yeah, is, and really it still cool works. Um, you can use it on yep. Twitch and make things go across. Um, when I was learning to code, though, I paid less than $20 for any course. Like, yeah. I paid, like, a 10 bucks a couple of times for a couple of Udemy courses, and um, that was it. That was all I paid for all of my learning to code. Yeah. And It's kind of amazing. Mostly free mm -hmm. stuff online, like CS50, great Harvard course free yeah you have to pay for the yeah. certificate but you don't need the certificate no yeah exactly like there's so much learning material out there now that, yeah but it's it's it would be tough if you had no idea where to start you wouldn't know where to, to yeah. start. Yeah. i think finding if you're coming like from which another lane you need career yeah yeah all right yeah so let's let's talk a bit about this uh this svelte integration that you uh that you've been doing yeah. over at prismic so what first of all what is what is prismic like what what does yeah. prismic do so the simplest way to describe prismic is that it's it's a cms um like to me one of the hardest parts of building a website is managing the actual content of the website it's a problem that like no matter what you're doing you need to figure out how to how to answer that and so Prismic is actually one of the OG headless CMSs before the term headless CMS existed back in 2013. Prismic and Contentful were actually founded at almost exactly the same time with the same idea, which was to do serverless content. And again, this is before even the word serverless was out there. But like, do have a platform in the cloud where you can create and store content and deliver it to your application via an API. And... In the beginning, um, head, headless CMS were billed as this like agnostic thing that you could kind of use for anything. Like you could use it for like digital billboards or your Apple Watch or whatever your like game consoles. 
And that actually created a lot of problems. I think, I think probably every headless CMS realized that they were spread too thin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Prismic decided to focus on specifically websites with like modern J- JavaScript frameworks. And I think what we realized is that like, if you have a tool that's agnostic and really well designed, it's actually a really good foundation for building an integration. Cause you have like a really clean API, you have like, it's like really well thought out data structures and everything. So I think we got, we realized we could get a lot more bang for our buck by doing really custom like Taylor uh, framework integrations. So we built integrations for next and next. And then just most recently we built this integration for Svelte kit. And what makes Prismic different from other um, headless, we actually call ourselves a headless website builder because um, you're not just managing content. You can actually build an entire website in Prismic. And the way we do that is with this uh, concept that we call slices, where a slice is like a section of your website, like a block, you know, like a block level element. Yeah. So it, is, is, it, this, is this kind of like the... I guess the the new WordPress editor has what is it called Gutenberg or something? Yeah, Gutenberg they also blocks. have like blocks and, mm-hmm. and similar yeah. kind of thing. In WordPress, it's a little bit weird because I think like every single p tag in WordPress is a block. I think okay, um, so it's very atomic. In Prismic, it doesn't have to be that way. Like you can have um, slices that are quite big or that have like fairly complex data structures, um, and you can customize them however you want. So we have the editor in the cloud. And then what we did with our framework integrations is we built this developer tool, which runs locally on your machine. The local development tool is called Slice Machine. And I think to get to the core of it, Slice Machine is basically like a code gen tool. It's like, you want to create a new component, click create component, and it generates that in your file system for you or, you know, whatever. And it creates the TypeScript types for you too. So it takes care of... <laughs> It'll order a pizza. That's on the feet. That's that's still on the roadmap. Um, but so it um, basically Slice Machine creates the the wiring, the configuration, and the connection between the cloud and your local dev environment, and then it will create the components for you, and it will create them following the format uh, needed for the like to consume the data from the API. So it it just takes care of a lot of the repetitive work, and it makes it. It makes coding really productive. And it also, because everything's typed and everything's structured um, very deliberately, it makes it really, really safe. So you can have this website builder tool that you can give to your content editors knowing that like it's 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 very, very resilient. It's very robust. It's that sounds great. probably hard to visualize this on a kind of audio-only podcast, but we did mm-hmm. do a siren stream showcasing some of this. And like it will automate... Um, creating some of those pieces in the components. So it will like tie all of your API together. It will create the link between the CMS and the, the local dev environment and then automatically generate that component for you with the API tied in, which is like, it was magical. I'm like I've never <laughs> seen this like <laughs> stuff just happen and me not have to do anything. It was kind of nice. Yeah. I, Brittany, I haven't stopped thinking about your reaction when I clicked like create slice and you were like, oh my God. And I was like, yes, <laughs> this is why I do what I do. Yeah. I mean, just 
the developer experience is so important. And when you have to like go and create your schema and then you have to tie in that API yourself, it's just, it's mm -hmm. cognitive overload boilerplate stuff you have to remember and yeah. do. And it's just such a nice developer experience when all of that's done for you. Yeah. I can imagine. So uh, what, what kind of experience did you, did you folks have when you, uh, built this integration? Yeah. What, what was the difference between building one for React or Next or Nuxt or maybe you, you, you probably didn't uh, spend that much time on, the, on mm -hmm. those integrations, but since you're the Svelte person, but maybe you can talk to, to some differences there if you... I mean, I can yeah. say I worked, we have a great DevX engineer named Angelo Ashmore. Um, and we found him because he, as a, in his spare time, was working on our Gatsby integration. Um, and so we hired him and he's done amazing work uh, for all of our um, open source SDKs. Um, so I've been working with him on the Svelte integration. And a lot of it has been like me doing a very rough version, kind of a back, back of a napkin kind of thing. And, and then he takes over and does a much more polished version. But I can say for me, doing first a component library, I mean... We don't really talk about this so much anymore, but when SvelteKit was first released, a big part of the marketing around it was like, this is kind of like a like a batteries included component library framework. Like you can write a component library and then just share it with somebody. And, and that was really cool. So that got me really jazzed. So I used that as kind of like motivation to build um, our the first version of our component library. And you know, I have written plenty of React and Next and Vue. Um, and personally, I mean, it's kind of, if you've written Svelte it's prob and you like Svelte, it's why you like Svelte. It's because it's just so literal, right? Um, yeah. That's what I found writing it. And I was looking over um, the components. Some of the components are really, really simple. Like um, if you have an image in Prismic, you mostly just need to like inject the source and then like add maybe like a width and height and stuff. So it's like right. very simple, but like when rich text comes from Prismic, um, it's, it's formatted in a, or stored in an abstract syntax tree. Yep. So there's actually some, some, uh, complicated logic to serialize that all into a string. So we have a salt component called Prismic rich text, which takes that abstract syntax tree and like iterates over all of the children and the grandchildren and all of yeah. the, all of like the italics and bold and everything and, so and you, strings it all together. So you're, you're one of the few people that have actually used Svelte colon self then. I the, am. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have used it, but it's, it's not something you have to grab that often. No, you're used that often. But when you do have to grab it, it's like, wow, this is so literal. Like I can see exactly what it's doing. As far as recursive programming goes, it's a very nice interface for it. Yeah. I, I once did a, a talk, I think it was at the end of 2019 on, so I compared the React. So I did a Hacker News clone mm -hmm. uh, where, I, where I compared React and Svelte. So I did a, a super, super simple implementation and the, the recursive stuff in React was very confusing to me because mm -hmm. I, I don't even remember how, how you would do it, but this felt one was, was much easier to, to grok. Yeah, and I was looking, I was doing a comparison, looking at our React rich text component, and I, it did kind of like make me dizzy right away. I mean, I'm not a huge, <laughs> I'm not a huge programmer. I'm like, I'm better at UIs. 
Um, but yeah, I like that no, part. <laughs> for sure. And, and another thing with, if, if it's React, it's usually like you have five different components in the same file and then you throw in some recursiveness in there and then and you're like, what, what is yeah. even happening? Like it's, it's very yeah. confusing. Yeah. So yeah, writing the component library was really nice. Um, and then, uh, I mean, also of course we wrote documentation. Um, that's always been pretty enjoyable because this felt, um, this felt particularly this felt kit, um, like data fetching and everything is pretty well thought out and pretty prescriptive. So I've always enjoyed it for that reason. Cause it's pretty straightforward. Most recently though, with slice machine, we actually architected slice machine, which again is the developer tool, um, to have a plugin system. So the core of slice machine is, um, agnostic. And then if you want to use slice machine in Next.js, you add a Next.js adapter and you just plug it into slice machine. And then the adapter tells it like, um, for example, if you click the create slice button, the adapter tells it where that slice should go and what the boilerplate for the slice should be. So as far as that goes, um, <laughs> I was talking to Angelo who worked on this and, uh, it, <laughs> it actually wasn't, I was like, so it doesn't sound like you actually needed to like, do, like, um, integrate with Svelte that intimately because it like, it's actually Svelte is well thought out and slice machine is well thought out. So there actually wasn't, isn't that much interaction. What the, what that package does is it, um, will like create some files. It uses like just strings to inject some boilerplate into those files. Um, it handles, it has some Svelte specific code in it. Like it suggests code snippets for certain things, or it has like templates that you can use for certain things. And then obviously it needed documentation and some like, we have some like example starter projects that you can use to start with. But all in all, I mean, I think it's probably a testament to the fact that Svelte is well-designed and also a testament to the fact that Slice Machine was well thought out that um, the integration I think was pretty straightforward. Uh, Angelo said that when they actually got the okay from management to build the Svelte um, plugin or adapter for Slice Machine, it took two or three days. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. that's, that's very fast. Hmm. Yeah. That, that, that should tell other, other companies that are thinking about making Svelte integrations to maybe have a look at yeah. building, building Svelte integrations. Because if, if it's that fast, then there, there's no reason to not spend a couple of days doing it. I do yeah. Think it but then, of course, the it's, it's also about... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say... And that yeah. is where, like, there are some things where we've um, been trying to figure out, like, what what's the best way to do it in Svelte. Like, um, there's still a fair bit of boilerplate. Um, we have so, like, it would be nice if there was a way to simplify that. Um, I've been kind of thinking, wondering about like what a Svelte plugin system might, or a Svelte kit plugin system might work might yeah. uh, look like. Um, there's so roll up plugins, there's Vite plugins, um, and, and a lot of the other, uh, frameworks out there also have plugins. Gatsby has a plugin system. Nuxt has a plugin system, which is, you asked about the difference between integrating with Svelte kit and yeah. integrating with Nuxt. And that is 
um, a huge difference is that in Nuxt, you just put in a few settings in the Nuxt config and it takes care of like tons of boilerplate and it does a lot of stuff right. magically for you. Um, so I'm kind of fantasizing about like what that might look like and how that might yeah. simplify the integration. Yeah, it, it feels like a lot of people want some kind of uh, at least middleware is what I've heard a lot. Maybe that it's not quite a plugin thing, but middleware for the backend endpoints where you can right. just attach things like an authentication function. So very simple. I mean, you can you can already do that, but something that's a bit more uh, official is what I've. So you're wanting to go on. middleware into SvelteKit stuff because, like, we are a plugin to Vite, so like there is that side of things where you could just do a Vite plugin, but you want the SvelteKit stuff specifically. I mean, I'm not quite sure yet. Um, I mean, part of the benefit of a plugin system is that it tells you what to do. And I've done, I've done a lot of experimenting and kicking around. Like at one point I tried writing a roll up plugin to like automatically inject components. And it was just so convoluted. I was like, this is a bad idea. Yeah. If it's, if I'm fighting this much, I shouldn't be doing it. Like some examples, we're currently trying to figure out how to implement previews, which is where like, if you have something that's unpublished in the CMS, uh, in the cloud, um, we actually have in just like vanilla JavaScript, we have like a pretty simple mechanism for how to access that based on a, based on a cookie. Um, and it works almost automatically without having to do much configuration. Um, in Svelte, like we're trying to like, it almost works, except if your web pages are pre-rendered, then that, then that creates a, right. a trap. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out like how to do that with a hook. So I spent yesterday working on writing a handle hook to do this. And I, I actually came up with a pretty good implementation where it like sends you to a different section of like a preview version of the website using, right. the, using the hook. And then it uh, switches to SSR. But we're still asking users to, to, to write yeah, a ton to of add boilerplate. That hand, yeah. yeah. Either, either add the handle hook from some package and then... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like, that would be one example where like to be able to just do that hook automatically would be really yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So those are some, some missing things then. Uh, are there other bad stuff that you run into that? <laughs> that's <laughs> the bad stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Svelte has bad stuff. I just haven't run into it at all, but of course. Um, what is some bad stuff? That's a, that's actually a really good question. And I can't think of much. There are a couple of things in the documentation. I thought I should open a PR in the documentation for, mm -hmm. um, like for instance, um, the page store. I had this happen like twice where I, I ran into a bug with the page store because I don't think it, maybe I missed it, but I don't think it explicitly said in the docs that page has to be prefixed with a dollar sign. Right. I, I guess it's, I guess since, so I, I, I think the, the documentation says that it's a store mm -hmm. and I think people are, I think they, they assume that you will think that it's a Svelte store, right. but that's not, ob that's not, Docs probably should not, not that have obvious. assumptions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so that. Speaking from I, a technical writer, right? Yeah. <laughs> and e even, e even stuff like, like there should be. I haven't looked in the in the in the documentation for a while, but uh, there should even be probably an example where you use it as well, yeah, where you see totally. the prefix and stuff. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, I did figure it out pretty quickly, so it couldn't have been that big a problem, but that's not a problem as well. Like I said, I'll probably open a PR in the docs or something for that. Um, Honestly, I I think it kind of would make sense to, at least in development mode, to have a compiler warning to say that, like, are you, is this actually what you wanted to do? Log out the the set update yeah. and uh, subscribe methods, or did you actually want to use the value or something like that? Yeah, yeah totally. I don't know. We usually have really good compiler warnings. I've seen a couple of bad ones yeah. lately. We have another one when you use the incorrect name or default version of a component from like a component library, it just spits out this inexplicable SSR error. And every time I freak out and I like have to look it up and then I find this old issue and I'm like, oh yeah. And (laughs) eventually I'm going to get the pattern and realize that, oh, I used the wrong one, but it's like, why is that error so awful? Like, why does it not just say, did you use the wrong name import? (laughs) Is that the one where like, if you import a named export as like a default then it'll say like uh, such and such is not like a valid component. And it says uh, error SSR is not a valid yeah. or it's not a valid SSR mm. component. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I've banged my head against that one a lot. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> and it's finally all I'm like, you have oh, right, to do I is like the take the wrong. curly braces off and yeah. it works magically. And it's like, why does that say like anything about SSR? Why does it not just say like, yeah, Maybe totally. you use the wrong import. <laughs> yeah. 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 One thing that I've um that I've spent a lot of time fiddling with, and there's probably a philosophical explanation for this, or like maybe like a long GitHub discussion about it or something. But um handling Svelte components in JavaScript is one place where like React and JSX definitely has a leg up. Like um yep. if you want to programmatically do stuff with Svelte components. Uh, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be so hard if you were just doing it on the client or the server, but because they're different by, by my understanding, they're different APIs. Um, it gets very messy or maybe even impossible very quickly. Um, so I've banged into that in the Prismic integration and also in, um, personal projects. I I think there, so in, in react, you, you wouldn't have to do this, but in in Svelte, we need the Svelte colon component, right. To, to solve stuff like Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. Um, and it, it does get a bit tricky, uh, I think as well. Yeah. The, uh, um, yeah, definitely something I've run, ran into as well. Um, yeah. It's just kind of what, um, Thomas was talking about with melt and how like you can't pass things into children the same way either as you can in react and, it's sort of along the same lines because he was saying runes might help this where you can use the same things on the client and the server because we can't use the same APIs right now between like JavaScript and the Svelte files, but the runes might actually allow us to do that and allow some of those things. I'm not sure it's the same thing. I I think this is more about like being able to, like in JSX, for example, you can do, let's see if I can explain this correctly. Uh, so say you have a component called button. Um, in JSX, you could do, you could actually just do a string and pass in button, right? Mm-hmm. And that would work. That's not something you can do in Svelte. You would need to, 
you would need to put pass the button into the Svelte colon component thing to get that working, I think. Mm -hmm. Does yeah. that make sense? I'm also trying to think, like, I've run into this on my blog where, like, I'm trying to get, like, a list of blog posts. Um, and it gets, like, I'm querying them in JavaScript. And they're, like, using MD specs. They're, like, markdown files that are getting compiled to Svelte. And then I'm querying them in JavaScript and then trying to like work with them in JavaScript. And it, yeah, I, I can't remember what exactly, but like I hit walls there very quickly. Yeah. I think that that is similar to that as child thing, because that is like a component and you can use like the Svelte component, but you can't pass a string in. So it's, it's different than you have to do it in React, but yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's see what they'll, uh, they'll cook up for Svelte 5. Maybe, maybe we'll see some, some cool stuff there. Maybe, but I mean, in general, I mean, I, I feel bad now that I've been complaining because like in general, <laughs> it's been, it's been really pleasant. Um, I also like work on the, our forum and like on our support channel and we get very few problems with Svelte. And when we do, they're usually pretty straightforward to, to debug. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of a, kind of one of those situations where no news is good news. You know, it's like, yeah. it seems like it kind of just works. Yeah, I mean that that's that's hopefully what people are are experiencing as, experiencing as yeah. well. Um Yeah. It's uh What what are you excited what what do you think is missing in Svelte? What what would you like to see in Svelte 5? There's some some feature that you would you would love to see. Hmm. For me this is a really tough one. I'll say I'll say something that I don't think is going to happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> data fetching in um react server components is really really nice and when i saw when i saw what that looks like i thought oh they just made data fetching actually easier in react than it is in svelte interesting i i haven't used react server components like, yeah i how, haven't how, looked how, at how does that work well i think it's only possible because it's only happening on the server. So it's kind of a cheat maybe, but it's like, um, you can literally how just do an async. You can, you can do like an async expression in your component. But how it, does it get passed to the client if it's only happening on the server? I, okay. So this is where my ignorance kicks in. It's like, I don't think, um, it can render on the client. It has to be server rendered and then passed to the client as like a static thing, I believe. Right. And if you want a component with client-side reactivity, it can't be a server component, I believe. Ah, interesting. Hmm. From my from from my use cases, I rarely need client-side reactivity. Yep. I'm kind That's of like fine. going back five or 10 years in web development to like, how do I do static stuff? How do I do stuff that's not reactive? I just want server yeah. rendering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, that's, I, it's also, I think, uh, a downside of, of using Svelte, like you send all of the data, um, mm -hmm. and it rehydrates all of it. Like if we could mm -hmm. improve that a bit, um, yeah. in the next Svelte. I, Svelte I think that is some of the stuff that they're hopefully working on is how the yeah. hydration and the compilation works between yeah. the components and how it scales the components yeah. is what I'm looking at, because I know right now we have a problem with scaling how many components in an app like yeah. at scale yeah. sometimes that can get very large 
I, I think, honestly, I think that's, uh, it's just something that people read and never It is, but into. I think it is actually an underlying issue that they've talked about. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Like, that I'm, it is, I'm it is 100% a problem sure that, was, that is, but yeah. it's maybe not as inflated as people lead it. Yeah, I, like I think it's a, for, for me, it's, it, it's more of a marketing issue than an yeah. actual like a uh, performance issue, if that makes sense. But, yeah, it's not it's a huge performance it. issue. It's just, it is something that needs to be addressed and it sounds like they are addressing it. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And some like, it's what other frameworks can point at and say, oh, look how bad it is. Right? <laughs> Here's what you should use X instead. Or what? Not but I mean, it's thing. I mean, as, as far as, um, you know, the success of Svelte is going, you know, Svelte is still growing like crazy. Like it's not, and it's yeah. still, the speed is still very competitive. Yeah. Um, more, more realistically, I would say if we could see a plugin system in, well, I guess that wouldn't be in Svelte. That would be in the Svelte kit. Svelte kit. Yeah. But so if like I could see a plugin system. Of, yeah. Of kit. Yeah. That would be my Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any any other things that we should chat about with regards to to the integration or thoughts? No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like that was really really interesting. Yeah, awesome. Um, then, if there's no other, do you have any questions, Brittany? Before we move on to to no, I think, I think we're the good. the next section that's mm -hmm. called unpopular opinions. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and Anthony is not here. He always has an unpopular I opinion. I've, I've seen, I've seen him on, on Twitter lately, just <laughs> replying to all these, uh, these folks about cars in the, in London or something. Firing <laughs> off on people. Yeah. yeah. He's always on something. Yeah. And it's always like to the, to what's the prime minister call it? It's, it's uh, Rishi Sunak, I think, uh, mm -hmm. On, on, on Rishi Sunak's like, we are improving this by doing this. And then there's Anthony in the comments always like, yeah, look at what you did here. <laughs> it's quite, oh pretty funny gosh. to see. <laughs> I just followed him on Twitter today, so I'm excited to see. Oh, nice, nice. You'll see a lot of about biking in London and uh, roasting of the prime minister of, of the UK, okay. pretty much. <laughs> I lived in the UK for two years, spell. so. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I actually okay, have so, an unpopular opinion today. Go for it. Tell us. Tell us all about My it. My unpopular opinion is that meetings are not work. I think that they can be work and productive, but most of the time they are not. And they're a waste of time, especially when they take up an entire day. Yeah. That didn't sound as bad. If they're not work, why are they so hard? Why are meetings so hard? They're like exhausting. Oh, right. I think that's just like being on camera. It's exhausting. And so like if you're on camera for your meetings, if they're if you're remote and talking and cognitive stuff is just like exhausting. So I think that part of it is exhausting. I don't know. Yeah. I think they're just I, mostly time fillers and time wasters. And I think they can be productive if you make good use of them. I just think that they should be short and sweet and get to the point. 
and only what you need done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more more meetings should follow the uh, like the stand up philosophy kind yeah. of. Yeah. Just be super short, and then also probably most meetings would do good by having a, a hard limit on on the time. There is. Yeah. Like, something that happened this week where we had a Slack thread to try to avoid a meeting. And I would have rather just had the meeting because the Slack thread did right. nothing to help things. So a 15 minute meeting would have avoided like a week of yeah. us just waiting on people to respond. <laughs> so in that case, a 15 minute meeting would have been fine. And now I have a 30 minute meeting tomorrow instead of the 15 minute meeting. It probably would have saved us on Monday, but so yep. there are times where it can be. There are also times where it's yeah. just a waste of my time and day where I get no yeah. actual work done. Yeah, but it's <laughs> still still work. <laughs> I told you I was going to fight you on this one. <laughs> I know. I, just, I disagree sometimes, like half the yeah. time, maybe half the time. Yeah, yeah. You know what this signals to me? What I'm hearing is that, Brittany, you like your work. Oh, I and love you my feel work. like when you're in a meeting, it's taking you away from the work that you enjoy. Yeah. And I have a problem stopping my work. I will like do my work. If I'm by myself and I have no other choice, I will do my work. I will go sit in a restaurant and work because I love what I do and I love building. Like I love the design system stuff. I enjoy that. And I'm yeah. very passionate about it. So I, I'm kind of a workaholic in that sense. And I like that stuff. That's nice. That's yeah. cool. I don't know if my family so thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it's, yeah, it's my, my, <laughs> my girlfriend, my girlfriend works too much as well. Uh, from my point of view, it, it's not nice, but like, she thinks it's fun at times at least. So yeah. It is what it is. Sam, do you have a an unpopular opinion? Yeah, okay. The web is 30 years old, right? This year? 1993. Wow. It's 2023. Right. Yep. So freaking um, old. My unpopular opinion is that by 2030, we will have reached web 2.0. What does that mean? What does that mean? Like 15, 20 years ago, everyone was like, web 2.0, like the web is interactive oh, okay. now. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but from my perspective, it kind of failed. Like interactive web is like not that real. And what I mean by this is like, if you were going to tell your parents or something how to build a website, like where would you start them? Like probably you'd yep. start them on some like platform like WordPress or something, which isn't real. like it's kind of a website, but it's not like you're writing code that you own. It's a more like a social network. It's almost like you're making a Facebook profile or something because it's so contained. Mm -hmm. But like if you wanted to make your own website, it would be really hard. If you want, even if you want to use SvelteKit, you have to figure out Node and Git and like oh, at yeah. least some basic HTML and CSS. Um, and for, for kit in particular, you need to figure out like what adapter you should use. Yeah. Right. That's, that's another extra. There's step. like yeah. a lot of things to learn. I, I kind of wish there was a built in kind of just publish button that would publish your static site to like a, 
I don't know, some, some Svelte server somewhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, it works like with auto, like you can publish to Netlify or Vercel like automatically with that. But I I would want it to be built in into the CLI or or like you would just like run NPM publish without doing anything and it would just put up your site. And and you, you can, if you have like the Netlify CLI, you can do that, but you have to know that stuff. It's still like pre- knowledge you need. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think that's where Sam's getting... All of that is just to publish a website. And then think about like, if you wanted to create a website with comments from scratch, like I'm not even going to try to do that. Cause like, I hate figuring out databases, you know? So like right. I envision a world where like, I could like, I could help a family member set up their own website from scratch with commenting easily. And that yep. to me would be web 2.0. A distant I feel like we're getting future there. reality. Yeah, with especially with ChatGPT and similar mm-hmm. tools. So like I, I've been using that a lot for for database stuff. Writing I think queries. that uh, things like Squarespace and um, Builder.io, those tools are like kind of coming a long way and like creating a website. And I think you're right. Like in a few years, like those tools will have come far farther to like help with creating, but. Kev, I also have something to say to you with, mm-hmm. so at the end of like most of my siren streams, I haven't done it lately, but I used to like use the GitHub CLI. I push to my repo and then I use the Netlify CLI and I publish my website in like less than five minutes. I've got a new repo and a published sure. website. So, I mean, it's like CLIs are amazing, but you have to have what? that knowledge. Brittany, wasn't yeah. that on our stream? With- on the, the GitHub CLI is what I use, but I didn't publish the website. Okay. With the Netlify CLI, yeah. No, you did because it totally, you, you published it on Netlify because um, we needed it published in order to do the live previews. And it, I was like. But didn't we do Vercel? Because you were, didn't you say, can you publish it on Vercel in like two minutes? Oh, maybe. And I was like, yeah, I maybe. don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> I, ha- I haven't used Vercel in a long time. And I opened Vercel and I just did it all through their GUI instead of the CLI. Because I didn't have their CLI installed. I don't really use Vercel that much. I have a distinct memory of you typing in a command in the CLI and deploying a website. And I. Yeah, that was the GitHub CLI. It like made me like, no, that's my (laughs) workflow. I mean, not like for everything, but I started doing it myself. (laughs) So that was uh, the GH repo create will create a repo for you. And then. Okay, but you yeah, have to like add it. and do all, do all the other stuff. And then you had to push your repo. And then once your repo is up on GitHub, then you can go to Vercel. Or if you have the Netlify CLI, then you can just use the Netlify CLI. I don't, Vercel must have a CLI too, but I don't. I'm know sure it they do. Or use it. Yeah, yeah. they do. So, yeah, but it's very nice. Netlify has Nettle NTL and you can NTL publish, NTL deploy, NTL mm. deploy. I haven't mm. used it in a long time. Yeah. Maybe I'll start yeah. again. Our documentation sites on Netlify. So I I haven't used any of these tools. Um, even oh, though I love so CLIs. Spe- <laughs> That's my pick. CLIs. That's your are my pick. pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like I so I, I think I've talked about this a bit on one of the earlier episodes, but I've been moving away from renting a dedicated server to actually self-hosting it myself at home 
for oh small society. God. Maybe I haven't actually talked about this. Wow. But yeah. So Why I, do you like pain? That's going to be my pick. I like <laughs> to tinker. <laughs> oh, that sounds so painful. Like these services are, they're free. Like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a, another project that helps you with this. So. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. I don't have an unpopular opinion, so okay. maybe I, I can go for the first pick. All of your opinions are popular. hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. Okay. So I have two picks. One, one is called Coolify and oh, is an open source platform as a service kind of thing, which is something you install on a server. So this is what I installed on my server at home and it lets you deploy uh, applications. It's, it's kind of like a, a self-hosted Vercel or Netlify in a mm. sense, obviously not as, as polished or doesn't have all of the features, but you it's can basically- fire. No, Coolify. I, I know, so. I'm just, I'm saying it's Coolifier than Netlify or Vercel. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to be corny. <laughs> All right, right. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. it works great. You can you can you can enter you can just put in a Docker Compose file, add some environment variables, Docker. hit deploy, and it just gives you a a, a website. Um, I just uh, pushed up analytics for Svelte Society, for example, using uh, Plausible. Is it free? It is free. Uh, they have a service uh, serviced. Uh, uh, like you can pay for it as well, but that's so, so that makes it a lot easier. You still have to bring your own server. So that's just for the, basically what they do is they give you the GUI on their server and then you can add servers onto the, to the Coolify instance, if that makes sense. I, I'm just going to use it for one server. So I don't, I don't need to, to, to do that. Um, so yeah, if you're it, running it, your own server, how does the speed compare? Like. So, yeah, so the, the server I I bought is basically faster than one I, I rented on Hetzner. So I think that one cost me 40 euros a month-ish. And then this one was, I think, 600 euros total. Wow. So, and it's faster. It's It has more memory and more more disk space um, and it's on my it the, the downside obviously is that it's on my home connection right but you were which paying is before to like rent one and now you you just yep. paid it outright straight yeah exactly uh the downside is obviously that i'm i'm running it at home on my own connection constantly and yeah it's it's uh it's been it's been and going down a lot recently so the so. other thing is that these services are content delivery networks. So they are around the world servers and yep. you, you can put them in one location, right? But they also like put them out at mm -hmm. the edge if you want. <laughs> and yep. so your users may be closer to that server. Yeah. So your so, server uh, is in your house. Yep. <laughs> I've thought about this though. So this is really like a pretty solvable issue. Like a, you put a CDN in front of it. Um, the data, the data fetching has to happen close to the server anyway. Um, so it has to go somewhere to fetch the How data. How do you put a content 
CDN in front of it. So, so you, the the simplest thing is just uh, put Cloudflare in front of it. It's basically oh, okay. just a button you that you hit. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's very fun to do. When I was trying to think of an unpopular opinion um, earlier, the, the first one that came to mind was like, you might not need SEO. And I feel like when you're talking about like CDNs and hosting and stuff, like you really you're talking about page speed and like page speed is mostly for SEO. Like that's kind of why we've become so obsessed with it in the last 10 years. Um, but like if SEO is not a top priority for you, like for instance, the Svelte Summit website, the only keyword it really needs to rank for is Svelte Summit and it's going to yeah. no matter what. So like it doesn't like page speed is not necessarily the most important factor for that website. So, which means that like yeah. hosting it on a box in your closet might be fine. What a, yeah, what's uh, your reasoning for not needing for, SEO? Um, well, there's a few things. One, most of the time when we're talking about SEO, we're talking about like really competitive SEO. Like if I want to rank for like New York cars, then I'm right. going to need to be really, really competitive on like page speed, links, optimizations and stuff. But if I want to rank for Prismic, like that's actually going to be pretty easy because I am Prismic. Well, yeah. Let's let's put it this way. What about a CMS, Prismic, Contentful, Sanity? How do you yes. rank against those? And in that case, it's very important to have like a really competitive, like that's a that's a very competitive SEO. But um, that's only one marketing strategy, right? Like not every business needs SEO as like an inbound sales channel. And you might like, we kind of, I think we have a bit of FOMO, like, oh, we need to be selling on Twitter and Facebook and, and Google and, and radio and stuff. But like, if you can do one channel or two channels really well, then you might be able to forget about the other ones. So like maybe your channel is word of mouth or maybe your channel is like literally local radio stations or something or flyers. And then like, yep. you might not need to worry about SEO and you yeah. can have like a slow, old, ugly website and that would be fine. Yeah. I do think focus is important for some business. So like focusing on like what your customer base is, like finding that and focusing on it. Yeah. I will say on the contrary, while SEO might not be important, accessibility always top priority. Like that's SEO is important. not important for our website. Our website is private it's it's yeah. not rankable on Google. It's a private because you have to log into it, so it's it's not important. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. My my fat <laughs> my really quick second pick is commit AI. If you're lazy like me and don't like writing commit messages, this is the mm. thing for you. This sounds like it's a, a VS. <laughs> it really does, right? It's a it's like an AI tool that uh, analyzes your your uh, commits or like the files in the commit, and then writes a tidy commit message for you. Interesting. Yeah. So I've been um, trying this out, and it's it's quite nice. It's called it's commit not perfect, AI. Commit like like you're committing, and then mm -hmm. AI. Yeah, I think. Cool. Double check. That's me. Who wants to go next? Cool. Um, I have a pick. Uh, I was looking at the state of CSS survey, which came out like last month. And actually I had to check my search history. Like I had to do a double take because like the day before, literally 
the survey came out, I was searching for um, CSS frameworks and I was like, ah, oh, still no CSS frameworks that I like. And then the next day the state of CSS came out and it mentioned open props as like a new up and comer. And uh, I checked it out. I really like it. I like it because I like writing CSS. I don't like Tailwind and um, right. what do you call it? Is that atomic CSS? I can't remember. Utility classes. I mean, utility classes, atomic is one way to yeah. call it. Yeah. yeah. I don't like utility classes. Open props is more of a, it's also utility CSS based, variables. but, but the, the utilities are in variables instead of classes. Yeah. 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 And so it's you can, nice. you can use the variables like, um, very similar to the way you'd use normal CSS properties, but they're like really logical. They kind of encourage you, they kind of like encourage you in a certain direction. Um, and so I've been using it for a, a, about a month now and I've kind of gotten used to it. And, and yeah, just really, it's just yeah. a really nice kind of pleasant was experience. was created by uh, Adam Argyle. They actually have a Discord server. Um, I used it on the Salt Siren site before we converted it to Skeleton. Um, I really liked it too. I think I like, ergonomically and for dx and speed like i like tailwind a little better i think that it's it just mm -hmm. makes me faster and when you're creating a component library where everything is just scoped to that one component like having the tailwind classes in line is not ugly it's not as ugly as like seeing them all over your code base because the components you don't see those in the components and then they're extracted in the api because then you're just using them as props um, so it's it's not like as bad okay, okay. so it's, it's definitely uh what's it called a dividing uh it de uh, it's a love hate <laughs> thing yeah i like yeah. being able to write my states and my media queries in my class like that right. increases my speed tenfold. Just yeah. being able to do hover colon or focus colon and then like large, medium, small, whatever, or mobile colon, and then write I, my- I think you're right. Query. That's the, that's probably the, the, the actual selling point of Tailwind yeah. probably. Like being able to, to do that. Yeah. Hmm. Never thought about that. All right, Brittany. Um, my pick was the CLIs. Um, I guess if I oh, have right. to pick yeah. one yeah. CLI, um, GitHub CLI is really cool. I love it. I use it every day, all the time. Well, not every day because I don't push a new repo to GitHub every day, but um, I do really like it a lot. And like every Siren stream, I use it because I create a new repo. But um, Netlify CLI is also really good. I like using it. But any CLI, so like... <laughs> Any when, CLI. You're using, <laughs> when you're using the GH CLI, do you use that for your commits or do you use Git for your commits? I, I, I use Git. Um, I guess I didn't think about using the GH CLI, but maybe I should like look up what that is because I, I don't even know if you can. You probably can. And maybe I should. Um, but what would be the difference? Like how much shorter can it get well or you have like to write easier. like git add dot a and git yeah, I guess. commit yeah. dash m and so i mean it could be like g h a or g h c and then right. you could just type that would be amazing i don't know i, I don't know Fair what enough. the actual letters are yeah. but i'm just guessing what it could be and like our spelt create 
um, command or spell add for Tailwind, like that kind of stuff. It's just, it's such nice developer experience, stuff like that, that makes me happy. Yeah. Developer experience is everything. Yes. It really is very nice. It is. Okay. I think that is, that is all for today. Uh, Sam, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter, Sam Elfair. Uh, and if you want to see what I do, check out Prismic, prismic.io. Um, if you want to try it out, we have a demo of the editor that you can access from the homepage of the website. I think it's prismic.io slash try. Uh, and otherwise, if you want to try out Prismic with Svelte, um, the uh, best way to get started would be to um, create an account, create a new repository, and choose SvelteKit. And then there's a demo project that you can try out and it'll kind of walk you around and show you the ropes and stuff. And you can see what it's all about. All right. So. Exciting. Thanks for joining us today. Um, it was super Thank fun. Thank you so much. And, and it's always great seeing let's you. Let's do this again sometime. Yeah. yeah I and had a great time. For, ev for everyone who's listening, thank you for listening again. Uh, you managed to, to get through this one hour of, of banter with us. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and we will, as always, see you next week. Goodbye. Right. Later. Bye. Hey, it's Kevir. If you like the show, please drop a review on your favorite podcast player. It would help out a lot. Thanks.